Welcome to 50 Shades of Shilamita, the podcast where nothing is off limits. As a multidimensional sovereign mom, partner, CEO, serial entrepreneur, speaker, and best-selling author, I am on a mission to help more women and men become fully embodied in their sovereignty and power so they can live their truth, speak it unapologetically, and live a life free from the matrix. Each week, I will bring you episodes that will awaken you, inspire you to think outside of the box, and step into the leader that you know that you are. The world needs more people who are walking their talk and unafraid to stand in their truth, and I'm here as your guide to help you do just that. Welcome to another episode of 50 Shades of Shilamita. I am your hostess, Shilamita. And today I have a really amazing guest on my show. I'm super excited to introduce her to the world. Her name is Lauren Marie. Her brand is called The Butterfly Effect. Lauren is a Reiki practitioner in Ringwood, New Jersey. She's a fellow local Jerseyan with me. She connects with spirit to read emotion and move energy in the body. Lauren found the path to enlightenment by following the light through the darkness. She's the owner of The Butterfly Effect, inspiring all to trust their intuition. For those of you that are only listening to us, not watching us on YouTube, I just have to tell you that Lauren has the most beautiful mural behind her with an eye and a pyramid. And it says, trust your intuition and butterflies. And I can't wait to dig into all that. So please welcome my guest today, Lauren Marie. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so honored by that introduction. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. So let's dig in. What do you want the world to know about Lauren Marie and the butterfly effect? Um, So I'm super happy to be on the show. And this is my first time sharing my brand on this platform. So thank you for being such a part of that. Yeah, um, I, I excited. It is. I mean, I, I mentioned this to you in, a, in another conversation, but January me would never believe December me. And I'm so grateful, but I'm still just in shock and awe of how far I've come in this journey and what I have to share with the world. So the butterfly effect was founded to help people primarily women to trust their intuition. And a lot of what I do is just tapping into one's higher self and one soul, one spirits and angel guides to help them discover and trust the answers that are already inside of them. So I do that. Thank you. I do that work through Reiki. I do it through tarot, but it really just puts the power back on the client and helps them to trust their self, trust their energy, trust their gut and trust their intuition. I love that. And I feel like through COVID, that's really been something that I've been working on is that intuitive hit and to listen to it and to Mm -hmm. know that it's guiding me and leading me and that all of the answers are within me, right? That's right. Those people, they 
look on the outside of them to try and to find all the things. But the truth is, is that we're all living through our own experience. We all have our own contracts that we're here to fulfill. So when we seek out advice or opinions from people around us, a lot of times we're getting the wrong thing because they just are not experiencing the same thing that we are experiencing. Yes. And the answers have always been inside of us. It just takes that time to really believe and trust yourself and let yourself be guided by your higher self and and by your soul. And I think a lot of times like what could be a little note to self that you're feeling some of that disconnect and uncertainty is when you're feeling that conflict side, right? So when part of you feels like you know what to do, and that's your soul. And then part of you feels like you don't know what to do. And that's your ego. And you know, when they clash, that, that really creates a lot of adversion, right? And that's when we get anxiety. And that's when we get feeling uncertainty. And that manifests energetically and physically and mentally, spiritually. And it could be really overwhelming. And it can be a really long journey to come out of that. Oh, don't I know it. I've been on (laughs) the spiritual (laughs) journey since my early twenties. I am 43 right now. So I have a solid 20 years of spiritual awakenings and knowings under my belt. And it's a journey. It really is a journey. And so for the audience listening today, what set you on this journey? How did you know that you had this gift? Is this something that you've known since childhood? Is this something that happened to you as an adult? I've always been very intuitive and and really in tune with the energy, especially in energies in the room and energies with other people. I think I just wasn't really guided in the right direction to know what that was and to know that that was actually my intuition. You know, a lot of times it was told it's like insecurities or it's, you know, not being sure or it's being worried, things like that. So I would just push it down. And that created a lot of conflict and aversion in my life when I was disconnected from myself. And as you know, the lesson just keeps showing up in different ways until you get it. And the lesson keeps showing up in bigger ways until you get it. Um, So I just went through a series of challenges just from life and and age that really brought me to the moment of finally trusting myself that I have the answers. And once I connected to myself and trusting and believing, that's when I really started to step into my power. Amazing. And you live in Ringwood, New Jersey. Have you always been in New Jersey? I've always been in New Jersey. I'm a Jersey girl. I'm actually more of an Ocean County Shore girl. Okay. Born and raised and then just made my way to North Jersey from different choices of career, just kept getting further and further north. And I'm super connected here to nature in Ringwood in the mountains. That's really been a place where I've been able to like hone in and connect with my my gifts and my abilities and find a lot of like-minded people to support. I think that's part of the journey is finding your tribe right? And finding people who guide you and believe in you and making sure that you have the right team. So this beautiful space that you're recording in right now, is this a studio that clients can come see you at? Or is this your own personal space? Yes, this is my home studio, which is private for clients to come for readings or energy work. It's blessed with Reiki, it's cleared. 
I do a lot of meditation in here to balance out the energy. And it's just a safe space for people to come and open up and try and heal and and trust themselves. Cool. And when you're not helping the world and helping people to heal, what are you doing in your free time? Are you a mom? Are you, do you have hobbies? Um, I'm a mom. I have um, two beautiful children, ages six and three, who have been a huge part of this journey and and this path um, and have inspired me to live a life that comes from purpose and passion, right? So before I really embraced where my heart was, which was in the spiritual world, I worked in corporate, I worked in retail, I was in the rat race, the hustle and bustle. And at that time, I had my first son. And it was really sad how I was just put in the matrix just doing and wasn't connected to my work and quite frankly, didn't care about what I was doing. I didn't find it important, didn't find it valuable. So I stayed home for a number of years and had my second daughter and really was just trying to find my way, right? I always knew that there would be something more. I just didn't know what. I have um, a great mentor who's a psychic medium in Hawthorne, New Jersey, Denise Marie. And she really helps me understand what it means to find your passion. And then the rest will follow. That's something that, you know, the answers aren't easy, right? Like none of this process is easy and beautiful. And people who sit, who think spirituality and, and think becoming enlightened are on your path, like they think it's this beautiful, peaceful rainbows. It's messy. It's feels like through the fire and the flames oh, and it hurts hundred <laughs> percent I am you know a lot of people who find me now in my life they have a lot of things to say and you know I'm fully in winning season right now but if we were having this conversation 11 years ago when I was living on food stamps I was overweight I was a disaster, right? So, and, you know, I am actually also Reiki trained. I have not practiced Reiki in a very long time, but prior to this world, last year I retired as an acupuncturist. Before I was an acupuncturist, I was a massage therapist. And when I went to school for massage therapy, that's when stuff like Reiki came across my path. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I started opening myself up to like all these spiritual learnings. And I remember getting my second Reiki attunement, I literally felt like I was like walking in the clouds, right? Like I was here and the rest of the world was here. And I was like kind of walking over people, you know, it was Mm -hmm. like, but since that day, how many times I've gotten thrown down and thrown down and I I can relate. I, one of my books that I wanted to write was supposed to be called 30 careers by 30 years old. Cause I literally had every Every job under the sun. And for those of you that are listening who are not fulfilled where you are right now, I hope that you can take a little piece out of my book and Lauren's book and just know that if you know that you're not on a path to fulfillment and you're not waking up every day, like super happy about your day, like there's something else out there for you. And it's going into the uncomfortable, right? I'm sure Mm -hmm. Lauren, for you, it was uncomfortable. Like when I first became a Reiki healer, it was like, I felt like a weirdo, right? Like I felt like something was like totally off about me. And here I possess this like amazing skill that I was able to help people and help them heal. But it was still very strange because I was very much a part of the matrix and nobody in my world was like me. So here I was this sore thumb 
right? Or like the black sheep amongst all the white sheep. And it was hard to really find my my bearings and my path. So how do you feel or, you know, I know you mentioned a mentor, but like, how do you think that you made your way to the mentor or to the tribe that you live amongst now? So it takes a lot of really connecting with yourself, right? And I think to elaborate on what you're saying, we're so conditioned to connect with the rat race and with the hustle and bustle and disconnect from ourselves. So when you can quiet all of that and get back in touch with you and just be aware of what's going on inside of you, even if you have the awareness, like I am anxious, I don't feel safe. If you can start to identify, you know, what you're feeling and then explore like the modalities to help you process through that. For me, it it has been a combination of um, connecting more on the spiritual side, but also too with um, a talk therapist and with a psychiatrist. So, you know, it is using a whole suite of things that works for you, right? It's never a one size fits all and you have to do what you have to do. But I think that this was always divine, right? So when I think of where I'm at now, I can really be settled in that this was always the plan. And it was just patience and just trusting that this is where I was going to land the entire time. So I think just being open and allowing for those things to happen and for things to come undone for other things to be done and being able to tolerate how uncomfortable that really was because there's a lot of loss with this journey too. You know, when you have to face things that you didn't otherwise want to face before about yourself, about relationships, about your past and really start to get like, honestly uncomfortable, then you're led to the next step, right? Totally. I can relate to all of that. When I first met my husband, his, and it's still his tagline is, patience, persistence, positivity. Mm. I'd be like, I don't want to be patient. (laughs) (laughs) Prior to COVID, that was my MO. Like I did not want to be patient. I wanted it and I wanted it now. And the truth was, is that things were happening for me and they were happening for me very quickly, but I wasn't able to anchor in the gratitude. And here I'm the goddess of gratitude, but it was hard for me because I was constantly chasing the next thing, right? It's like my house wasn't big enough. My car wasn't nice enough. This wasn't this enough, right? Like nothing was enough, even though I lived in a beautiful house, I drove a beautiful car. And and I'm just saying that that those weren't really the things for me. But I know that people who are listening to this, that those are the things that you're thinking about, right? It's like when I lived in a two bedroom apartment and I thought it was the worst place in the world, I now sit back and I look at that apartment in such gratitude. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I could have been out on the street. I could have lived in a studio apartment. I could have, you know, could have, would have, should have, right? right? Like there's so many worse scenarios that could have happened, but it wasn't. I got to live in the scenario that is me. And one of my mentors, we actually both had like a tooth situation last week. So we're on a call together and both of our faces were swollen. And she said to me, you know, what I'll take this over what other people are dealing with right now. And that is the mindset that if you can anchor into that, wherever you are in your life right now, whatever you are living through, whatever is happening that you don't love, if you could just fall in love with this moment and just know that this is exactly where you're supposed to be in order to get you to where you're going. 
Right. Right. And so now, you know, I like, I'm sure that I'm like annoyingly happy and always celebrating on social media, but that's just the way that I feel. I, I cry in gratitude almost daily. Like I just stop and I look at my life and I look at how much I've accomplished. And I was living this life three years ago, right? Before COVID happened, I was living the same exact life, same exact house, same exact existence. I mean, much has changed since then, but I wasn't in this kind of gratitude. I mean, I practiced gratitude. I understood gratitude. Gratitude got me to where I am, but I wasn't in such deep celebration for every single moment because I was always in a rush, right? I was in a rush to get to the next thing. And yesterday I caught um, like a little snippet of Gary V and there was a woman standing with him and I guess she was 49 turning 50. And she said to him, what advice would you give to someone who's completely starting? over. And he looked at her and he said, you have so much time. He yeah. said, You're turning 50 right now, but in reality, you have another 50 years. And while it's true that not everybody's going to live until a hundred years, most people are living pretty long lives right now. Right. And I remember, like I said to my son the other day, who's almost 16. I said to him, Mikey, do you think I'm old? <laughs> <laughs> He was like, not really. And I'm like, really? I'm like, because when I was his age, I thought that 43 was so old, you know, like I was like, oh my God, when I'm in my forties, that's like geriatric. Right. And even when I met my husband, I was 31 and he was 47. And the day before I met him, if you would have told me that I would have dated a 47 year old man, I would have been like, oh my God, that's so old. Like I'm not doing that. You know? And it's because I had this like misperception of time, right? Like I really thought that time was moving faster than it actually moves and, and time moves pretty fast right now. But I think that's where people really get stuck. We get stuck in this knowing that, you know, like I had this perception when I was younger that I was supposed to be married by 25 with a white picket fence, a dog, which I don't even like animals and have babies, (laughs) right? And, but like in my mind, I'm like, that's the way it's supposed to be. And like 25 came and went, right. And there was no husband, no kids, no white picket fence, no dog, right. Dog for like a minute. I did have a dog for literally one day. And I couldn't, (laughs) (laughs) but that's like really the interesting part is that I was so brainwashed and I was so in the matrix that I ended up getting a dog thinking like that was what I was supposed to do. Right. right? But I didn't even like, like animals. Like I'm not an animal person by any means. Right. We get like really trained into this knowing of like, I'm supposed to be what the Joneses are doing next door. And it's hard to like connect to who we really are. Yes. And we start to settle when we are doing something because we feel like we have to because we're attached to that idea of time, we're settling. We're also doing things that are not true to who we are, right? And then that's, that can start to build over time some resentment. And then the resentment starts to build and then there's a lack of self-love. So it's really a toxic cycle totally. when you're disconnected from yourself. Disconnected from yourself and then disconnected to spirit, right? Because right. I had that interesting podcast um, interview the other day and we were talking about how at one point I turned to drugs and alcohol and how, and Homaya, she, what she brought up was that, you know, society makes drugs and alcohol look so bad like that you're 
week. But in order to get yourself into that state, it used to be used as a way of connection, right? Mm -hmm. And so here I was always seeking connection. I didn't have connection. And when she reframed it that way, I was like, wow, that's so powerful. Like if, if people who are drinking and think that they're alcoholics or drug addicts, if they were to just look at the substance abuse in a different way, instead of it being abusing, it being a way to connect instead of it being like, let me forget about my sorrows. Well, how can I use this in a way that can make me really productive? Because, you know, for me, most of my businesses were created under the influence and I'm a very (laughs) successful woman, you know, so I, I, it was like such a sh- beautiful shift that she brought up. And I hope that that podcast will help a lot of people, but yeah, we get stuck in this. I'm not good enough. I didn't accomplish enough. And I remember several years ago, maybe like five, six years ago, I was living in a house around the corner from where I am now. And I was sitting with a family member of mine and he turned to me and I was talking about my next house. And he looked at me and he was like, why would you buy another house? I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, I'm going to buy more than one house. (laughs) Like I'm not just done with another house. And he was like, you know, you're like so old. And I'm like, I'm definitely not old. And he's like, (laughs) and he just like created this doomsday scenario for himself. And he's five years older than I am. So he's not even in the fifties club yet. And then recently his children are are older. And he said, you know, um, I wish that I had kids even younger. And I'm like, why? And he's like, because now I feel like I get to go do stuff. And I'm like, okay, but you have like all this time left, you know? But he's like literally created this doomsday situation in his mind that like life is over. It's like finishing instead of like the way I look at it is like life is just beginning. I haven't even gotten started yet. Right. And spirit sees you where you're at, right? So if you're in a position where you're you're feeling doom and you're feeling like there's not enough time, that's that's exactly what you're going to receive back. They're not going to keep giving to you when you're not open to receive, right? And then that's your reality. So spirit really at, at times can match your energy while they can help you through the light. You have to acknowledge if that's what you want. Um, Lauren, do you have any kind of practices that you do daily that you want to share with the audience? So I meditate daily. Um, yoga, I'm also uh, finishing up my yoga teacher training. Um, I'll be a certified yoga teacher at the end of January. So yoga is really important to me because it's a moving meditation. And even though I'm on this journey, a lot of times I struggle myself with stillness, right? Because that's when you really have to face a lot of things that you might want to turn from or you might want to run from. So moving meditation such as yoga or even walking outside and hiking are really important. Um, Journaling too. Journaling is, is huge because you just put the pen to the paper with no expectation and you'll be surprised what, what comes up. And when you meditate, do you do a guided meditation? Do you do a silent meditation? How long do you meditate for? Um, probably around 10 minutes a day. I do like to do a silent meditation. Um, I also like affirmations, which I'll at times use as, as a form of meditation. Those I do guided. I am statements that are focused around forgiveness and self-love. Love that. And do you 
do anything first thing in the morning? I know like a big game changer for me during COVID is I used to always practice gratitude at night. Like gratitude is the last thing that we do before we go to sleep in my house. But I shifted the gratitude and I start my day now with gratitude. So first thing I do sometimes before I even open up my eyes, like as soon as I know I'm awake is thank you, God. Thank you, universe. Thank you, spirit guides. Thank you for this day. Thank you for my bed. And I've noticed like I used to be a really bad morning person like mm-hmm. and I've noticed that since I started doing this that I now wake up before my alarm even goes off and it's like they want the connection with me before the day starts yeah. and I notice that the more that I'm doing this that the more like cool things and manifestations yeah. are happening for me yeah yeah you're really seeing them so I have been doing Shalomita's gratitude challenge so I've been starting my day with that um and my favorite part of that is waking up and writing the manifestations, right? As if I have them now, because that just makes me feel like there's a miracle about to happen every single day. And that is a huge shift for me. I literally like my life is one big miracle. It's like, I say it, I put it out there and the way things are happening is so incredible. Like yesterday morning, I, you know, started my day with gratitude. I thought that I was showing up to my son's school for a parent teacher meeting and instead the moms threw me a little bridal shower and it was so cool because my wedding was last month right so mm-hmm. it's like it's been here and it's done you wouldn't have expected it to be you know, yesterday. And this weekend I went to my cousin's bridal shower and I was like a little envious. I'm like, I want to do it again. And I kept posting that I wanted to do it again. And a couple of days ago, a wedding photographer reached out to me and he was like, Hey, if you ever want to put your dress on again and head into New York, there's these really cool buildings. And he sent me some pictures. He's like, I would love to shoot a bride here. And I'm like, like miracle, right? It's like so magical that I'm putting it out there. And obviously, like when I say it, I want to go back and I want to relive all the things that I relived. But this is a way that the universe is like re-manifesting for me, right? right. Like I can't go back and do my wedding night over again. I mean, I guess I can, but it's, I can put my dress on and go take photos and I, I can have a little bridal shower. And, you know, and that's really what I think people need to know and understand about manifesting is a lot of times we put stuff out there in the universe and we expect it to come into us in a certain way. But when you let go of the expectations, like a lot of times we're manifesting and we don't even realize it. Like when I first started manifesting money, one of the most important things that I learned is that if you're not being specific to the money that you're asking to receive, you're receiving money all the time and you're probably just not noticing it. So for example, you know, um, you walk outside and you find like a penny or a quarter or a dime on the floor. Right. Like most Mm -hmm. people will just like walk right past that. Right. Right. But I pick up a penny and you would think that there was a hundred dollar bill there. And I'm like, thank you universe for the abundance of money you're sending my way. Right. Because that's money. That's kind of, that's a penny more than what I had before I started the day. And there's people that are, would just poo poo that like there, it's not even worth them bending over to pick up the penny. Right. But for me, if I don't pick up the penny, what I would do is I would 
would say, thank you universe for this abundance of money that you are sending my way. I am going to leave this here and share it with somebody else who needs it more than me. Now I've taken this manifestation of money and I've switched it into a sharing exercise, Mm -hmm. right? Because when we give, we receive. Absolutely. And then, you know, there's like different things. Like yesterday I went to uh, a bank that I do business with that I don't really like pay attention to those accounts. One of my account fell under a certain amount of money. So I started getting charged. And so I went there, I was going to close the account. And as I was sitting there, I didn't even ask. Normally I would ask and I didn't even ask. And she said to me, I'm going to return those fees to you. Thank you so much. Right. (laughs) And so like, people don't realize, but that is a form of receiving. Yeah. Like, now you're getting back. Yes. Right. Yes. Like now I just got back $10 that was taken from me. Right. That rightfully so I did something that I wasn't supposed to do. They had the right to take that money, but here I was now receiving that money back. So what a lot of people don't realize is they're putting stuff out into the universe and the stuff is coming towards them. And this is why I'm teaching a masterclass called receive because we don't know how to receive properly, right? right? So every person that's walking by the quarter on the street or, you know, like somebody buys you a cup of coffee and you like, just kind of say thank you and you brush it off and you keep moving on with your day. It's like, you have to sit with that, right? Like I yeah. sat with that moment yesterday, like, wow, like these women went out of their way. They all went into work late or, or whatever they had to do to start their day to like shower me and be with me and, and to, you know, like make the day better for me. And I was so grateful and appreciative for me where the pre-COVID Shilamita might have judged the situation or rushed through the situation or, you know, gone on to the next thing, you know. But what I've really learned is we really have to anchor in every single moment, especially the moments that we love. Yeah. And what that really says to me too, is that you're awakened, right? So now you see differently and you can never unsee that. And a lot of people are are going through life unconsciously. And I think a beautiful thing about the manifestation practice is it puts people back in control of their life. A lot of clients that I work with, a common theme that I see is that people feel like their life is just out of control. Like they don't have the handle on it. And that creates a lot of conflict, a lot of turmoil inside too. Um, and it's, it's scary to live that way. And when you practice gratitude and you practice manifestation, it begins to put the power back on you. It was always there, but now you're feeling it. Totally. I love that. Yeah. So Lauren, your brand is called the butterfly effect and that's how people can find you on Instagram. Tell me about the butterfly effect. How did you come up with that name? What connected you to the butterflies? So the, the midnight butterflies, the color blue just spoke to me just representing spirit and representing a deep transformation, right? So like we talked about the journey through the darkness into the light, the journey through spirituality is not pretty. Um, there, there's moments, right? But for the most part, it, it's really hard. So just thinking of that caterpillar turned into the butterfly and what that caterpillar goes through. And then it finally can fly when it's fully come into its true self. I love that. That's awesome. And you also have a podcast show with your mentor, right? Denise Marie. Yes. Yes. The butterfly. We'll be launching after January. We're super excited. We're going to be talking about all things spiritual, you know, a little gossip, spilling a little tea. So it's really down to earth. Check us out. 
Amazing. And so that's launching in January. In January, yep. Okay, so you're just in recording stages now. We are, yep. Super exciting. Okay, is there a website or any other way that people can find you on social? Are you hanging out anywhere besides for Instagram? So I'm on Instagram and Facebook at The Butterfly Effect with Lauren. Um, I'll be launching my website soon, which I'll post on my Instagram where you can find me, but you can contact me through there and book services right through Instagram. Cool. And if there's one thing that you want to leave the audience with today, what do you want to leave them with? That the answers are already inside of you. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Lauren, thank you so much for spending this afternoon with me. This was amazing. You are amazing. I'm really excited thank you. to see thank you. Thank you so much. Lauren is like next January. It was yeah. So exciting for me when you said to me that December Lauren is shocked at you know yeah. January Lauren so I love that love watching people's transformations I love watching people win I feel like we all came here to win and yeah. it's you know following people like Lauren it's having a daily practice it's trusting yourself going into yourself that's how we really make the big shifts and change and as you could see if you could see us doing it it's possible for you if you think that you're weird if you think that you're different if you think that something's wrong with you it's not we all came here to no. be our own individuals we all came here to you know do our own thing and you know you may have a very unique gift that you came here to give to the world and if you're stuck in the matrix, you're never going to be able to develop that gift. So definitely give yourself that oomph and reach out to us. You can Absolutely. find me all across social media on Instagram at 50 Shades of Shilamita. You can find me on YouTube. You can find me on Pinterest by spelling out Shilamita, S-H-I-L-A-M-I-D-A. My website is www.shilamita.com. I have tons of free content out there. You can also go to my website and purchase my classes, meditations, any one of my books. And that is all for us today. Thank you so much again, Lauren, for being here. Thank you, audience, for listening. If you love the show, please rate it, comment, share it with a friend, help us get our work out into the world because together we rise. Love thank you. you for sharing your light, Shilamita. The world needs it. Oh, thank you. Bye. Bye.